is he doing? Oh, is he? He's in bed. I've been trying to get on for like the last like two hours. Right? Yo, I don't know what's I know how you feel, bro. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Tailgate Show. We have a whole lot of people on this call right now. We have Mr. Air Jer, Jeremy Kramer. We have Brian Quinn, of course, B. Diddy. And special guests, we've got the one, the only, Mr. Raul Bankton from the Bears Brawl joining us. We are honored to have him. He is black underscore 42 on Twitter. If you have not made yourself uh, a party to his Twitter page, I don't really know Twitter right, man. what you're doing. It's definitely NSFW, but uh, keep it real. And then last but certainly not least, Michael Moody, big fan of the Brawl Network. He's coming to us live from Kansas, and uh, he's a big Bear fan, and we appreciate all the support. What's up, boys? How's it going? Hey, don't don't forget though. I do the Real Men Wear XFL podcast. Oh, that's right. Shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, the ball, hey, ne- the, the ball network is so big. I forget that. <laughs> I forget everybody that's involved. So Michael Moody does a podcast about a league that doesn't exist anymore. So that's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice going. So go back into the archives and you can watch the games. And yeah. um, you can also listen to a podcast about um, a league that lasted about five minutes. Hey, you know what? We're, <laughs> we're still coming out with episodes. We're still we're talking about other stuff now. We're going to okay. start talking about a bunch of stuff that's going on right now. Uh, I mean, NFL, just pretty right. much anything that we could think of. Uh, nice. Yeah, it sucks nice. that the XFL went down the way it did because I, I really thought that it had longevity. I mean, uh, Vince McMahon had money set aside for three years to run the league. And then all hey, of a sudden – He bankrupted it, and now Trump wants to have him on as a fucking advisor. Imagine that. Yeah. No, yeah. And he even, he even said when the league first started, he's like, well, the WWE has nothing involved with the XFL. And then it came out that it did. Like it had a bunch of shares in it, like 23% of the shares. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, it, I, I I thought it was uh, you know definitely interesting. You know, there it, I thought it had legs to you know um, you know I think uh, we 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 did a couple minutes here and there on it. You know, I, I my interest in it kind of waned after a little while, but mm-hmm. um, but it, I definitely thought it was going to go. But who the hell expects a pandemic? I mean. Right, exactly. <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of crap that's different um, after this whole thing finishes up. So uh, hopefully everybody is well. Hopefully everything in everybody's world is uh, hanging in there. Um, hope everybody's doing the right thing and uh, staying socially distanced, just like uh, our uh, our podcast friends here do. Um, Raul uh, is a hero. He's locked himself in his car, um, <laughs> and I think the car. I think he just drove his car off of a bridge. That's how much he's socially distancing um <laughs> it's uh it's a stunt that he's gonna be pulling i don't know if you know this but raul is uh is actually a uh, a stunt man 
Um, so once the, once the car gets to the bottom of the water, it's going to get real interesting folks. So tune in for this, uh, for this video. Hi Sam, how are you? (laughs) Mr. Sam. So, so I get it get into it you know there's not a lot of uh, bears news but i suppose the biggest bears news is that they Thank cut you. they cut <laughs> the dead weight uh or uh, otherwise known as one trey burton so uh, what do we think about that raul why don't you start off and tell us what you what you think about trey burton no longer being a member of the bears so I'm gonna like to start off with saying thanks for having me on here. Uh, I didn't, I didn't interact with y'all for a minute. Y'all like some of the best followers ever. Y'all keep it entertaining. Y'all keep it real, and I'm glad to be here. Trey Burton move. I think it was dumb. I think, I think there's no point to it. I mean, like, did you get better by signing Jimmy Graham and exchanging it for Trey Burton? Also, why did you? Why? What's the purpose of the cut right now? That you're, you're still losing money because Trey Burton is gonna make is accounts uh, for what? Six million in dead cap. You save two point eight million. Even if he signs, he's gonna sign for maybe one year, two point five million dollar deal. You still lose money. So in the end of it, what's the point? He's not playing. What did you do it for? He didn't play. Okay, he didn't play, but it does not mean he's not gonna play next year. It's and if that's the case, if that's the case, right? If that's the 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 case, why don't you take it till till train training camp? You don't have anything on the roster that's gonna replace him. And then you yeah. said Jimmy Graham for nine mil. That's stupid. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was. I thought it was out of left field. The only thing that I can think is that he is not on track to play because basically they probably checked in with him and 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 you know he probably came back with some well I don't know I'm not feeling this that and the other thing and they probably were just like. Yo, man. It could have just been a Foles guy here, and he got too too anxious about that Philly special again. Yeah, go ahead, Jer. <laughs> go ahead, Jer. Remember, two months ago when I told you we were looking on – I was looking on the website, and whose shit was on clearance? Yeah, but, I mean, that, that's – I'm telling that's, you, Sam yeah. has – that money talks. Follow the money. The money said that Trey Burton was gone – prior to even all this shit happened. But the money didn't say that because look at the contract. Well, not, well that's not, we're gonna say you. it did though. Yeah, but they, they still eat half that contract. So the, the money actually was, says you keep that player and- I'm just saying if your shit's on Clarence at Fanatics, you're probably fucking done. Everything. Jerseys. Autograph material. It was all there. It was yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I think that's when they signed Jimmy Graham. I mean, that's probably what happened. But no, that was well. That was well before we signed Jimmy Graham. You could have at I'm least tried to get a summer. late draft pick for him, though, like a late. late Nobody draft. was trading shit for him. There's no, no way anybody was trading anything for him. Mm-hmm. Just I think that now what it does is that base is now backed into a corner because everybody knows that they you exactly know, they've got a freaking bunch of bum-ass tight ends, Jimmy Graham, and, you know, at least there was, like, a mystery about Trey Burton. I mean, at least it was, like, a thought, well, maybe he might come back, maybe the hip surgery, blah, blah, blah. I mean, personally, you know, after after his act in the playoff game, they could have cut him and Parkey, and I would have been very happy, even with all the money that yeah, they – because that money that, that money they're eating, you got to add to his contract, right, to Graham's, really. Like not you're not paying him that, but you're sure it goes into the what they're spending on a tight end. I mean, at the end of the day, they're spending, uh, you know, whatever 
Oh, no. Thirteen million dollars. Uh, you know. Go, go trade for OJ. Did you just say? Did you just say at the end of the day? I did. It's time to drink. Yes, sir. <laughs> was that a, Yo, was but that I, a roll on this one? I don't yeah, know. That, that, that's a roll that anytime Double A says at the end of the day, everybody drinks. Yeah, I'm, I'm just play. drinking. I'm just drinking Diet Dr Pepper, so I'm playing. But um, <laughs> it, it's just a, it's just weird timing. Right? I mean, if they're trying to do him a favor, like that's weird. Like it's just I don't know. It, it, it's this team is weird. The, the things that they do are weird. Um, you know, I, I'd be happy if they cut Shaheen tomorrow too, but mm-hmm. the, you know, I'll take OJ Howard though. Yeah, but the thing, OJ Howard, you're not going to trade for him. What are right. you trading for OJ Howard? Well, a terrible I, I, idea. I'll trade a third next year. A third next year? Yeah, you, you think the Buccaneers are going to take a third that. next year? There's no way. I don't know what they're looking for. I, I, I'm just saying I would trade. I would you just trade. can't. You can't keep doing that. I mean, like they, we keep trading. Capital after capital after capital, and, and it just comes back to roost. I mean, you know, tra- we would draft Albert. Oh man, that's all. Fine, something. Right. I mean, we know you've been sending letters to Alberto for like months. I get it, but like, you know, like, yo, like, OJ Howard is not going to come cheap. Hayden Hurst. They got Hayden Hurst and a fourth for a second and a fifth. Like. That's, I mean, would you do that deal? No, I'm not giving up a second and a fifth for OJ Howard just to get a fourth back. Like, that's, he's, I don't think he's that good. What has he ever done? Not a whole lot. He's just a lot of hype at this point. I haven't really, like you said, I haven't really seen a whole lot of production, at least just from my point of view. I don't watch a whole lot of Buccaneers games, but his name doesn't, and his production doesn't like jump off the page at me when I see OJ Howard. No, you, you, you bring in Jalen Hurts, you bring in OJ Howard, though. You know what I'm saying? Because well, they went play together oh. in Alabama <laughs> for like a minute. <laughs> I don't buy that. I mean, OJ uh, OJ Howard's not even as good as Cameron Brait. Oh, that's. that's I, think, I don't know. Jameis Winston throws the ball like 700 times, and OJ Howard can't get a sniff. Like, I think. I, I think that, that's offensive are, scheme. I think people are enamored with OJ Howard's, you know, potential and a, a potential. Like, you know, he's a big, he's a big, you know, tight end. Pause. But he, you know, he got a lot of, he has, he has a lot of oh, ability. Yeah. But nothing has been manufactured. Nothing has been actually there. So you're baking on a lot of stuff. And on top of that, it's like, if you're gonna go OJ Howard, why not go someone in the draft like Albert O, maybe in the fourth round, but. You don't have a fourth round because you because you traded it for a bum backup QB. So like it's the whole OJ Howard thing is crazy to me because you shouldn't trade more than a fourth round pick. Next year's tight end class is ridiculous. Next year's free agent class, as far as tight end, is also pretty damn good. You can right. get somebody like Injoku. You can get somebody. What's my man's name from uh, from the Rams? I forgot his name. But it's a, it's a good class. Oh, uh, so there's no point. Higby. Is it Tyler yeah. Higby? No, 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 not not Higby. Uh, my boy from Southern uh, Alabama. Oh, goddamn, Everett. You can get. Oh, Everett I got well. you. For the low, so there's no point in you spending capital on on uh, on OJ Howard. It doesn't make sense. I mean, oh. stupid move. It doesn't make sense. 
The other thing, you mentioned the fourth-round pick. You know, we gave our fourth-round pick this year to the Patriots to move up to take David Montgomery. So we would have had another fourth-round yep. pick this yep. year, but we gave up an 87 and, a, and 162, like, you know, just to, just to spend extra on David Montgomery, who was just like, whatever. I mean, he was fine, but... It, you know, uh, to to spend that kind of capital on that guy and now be sitting here this year scrounging for picks, like it's just it's just rough. So to me, you know, you cannot give draft capital up for an unknown in OJ Howard. Like I don't think they're making any more moves at tight end. There might be a camp cut here or there that they bring in a body or something like that. But they got they got Harris, who they seem to like. They Horstead. Holtz, all the H guys, <laughs> uh, Raymond. Um, who are they down to? Ten tight ends now. Yeah, and then, yeah, they're down to. I think they're down to nine officially. Yeah, we can play five on five, but we got to have a sub. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think I think you know losing. Burton is fine. It's just like Raul said, the timing is stupid. Like, it, it, I don't, I'm not sure that I understand it. Whoa, Diddy, Diddy in the club. What's going on? <laughs> it's for Raul, man. Yeah. It's for Raul. I'm with it. I'm with it. My, my, question is, my question is this. Did you get better by cutting, by cutting Trey Burton? No. I think you stayed the same. It's it's just okay. yeah, it doesn't get the same. Uh, uh, yeah, so what did you do it for? You cut off the nose despite the face. Okay, so 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 basically, it's to get the bad taste out of your mouth. It's like, well, he's not here anymore. That's all that move is. If if he doesn't retire, it's not logical. I'm just telling you, it's not yeah. a logical move. This is a this is an emotional move. By a GM that's shown that he has emotional problems. I mean, sorry, he just does. You can't walk away from a shitty quarterback last year when you probably should have and put a capable quarterback in that gave your team a chance to win. I mean, this is this is a profile, and he's saying. But that, I mean, it, it frees up what four million. So what's he gonna? What's he? He brought in a, a back from Green Bay with that. It frees up two point eight million. And for that same price, you can cut Bernacker and Shaheen. We're not cutting Bernacker. Don't be like that. that, Without the, the, you know, without the the dead cap. Because the dead cap is going to kick our our ass next week, next next, uh, year. Right. So I don't get it. So, of course, Bears fans being like they are immediately think that because burden is cut, it means we're spending a second round pick on a tight end. Uh, as I've said on Twitter, you said on Twitter, Raul, a lot of people said on Twitter, please know that is a terrible idea. Like if, if they turn around and, and waste 43 on, you know, Cole Komet or something easy, like that. Easy there. It's just not like, all right, so make a case for why you should spend a second-round pick on one of these tight ends because I don't see it. No, I hear you, but it, it, if we if Komet's available at, like, 50, I would take him. Bro. We're what? not keeping that. We're not keeping Albert, pick oh, 50. I, don't, I just don't yeah. think we're going to be on the board. Freaking. Cole Komet is just the biggest. Like, it's, he has bust right Wide. over him. He, it's like there's nothing about the guy's game that is good. Like, he's an okay blocker. 
his route running, he looks stiff. I know what he tested at, but what he plays at is completely different. Like, yeah, people he'll, are projecting he'll... this guy. Like, it's like he's not even close to the top five uh, tight ends in this in this draft. And this draft is weak at tight end. And you don't think. Hey, Raul, what don't about think, uh, Chase Claypool, though? I think mean, Claypool could be a tight end, but that's going to take two to three years for him to fully develop. You don't draft a tight end in this draft because, as the Bears, you are a win now team. Claypool is not going to pay dividends for you year one. Commit and Shorts Hill ain't going to pay dividends for you. So you you got to you got to take a position that's going to come in and be an immediate factor. That's not Commit. Right, but no, you don't think Komet focusing just on football because he did play baseball at Notre Dame too. So like being no. able to actually come in and just focus football solely, you don't think that that would benefit him? Nah, he has to me. Komet looks he looks tight. Pause on on tape. Like it's just like he does not. He's on a fluid. And you know, and I know what what he tests at, but certain players test better than they actually play. And I don't. Personally, like the guy. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm gonna live with that. I personally don't think he's that good. Albert O. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so. Yeah. What, exactly. what position did he play <laughs> in baseball at Notre Dame? I'm not sure what position, but they were talking about the fact that he he never got into like their their training. Oh, he was a catcher. He was definitely a catcher. He's a big oh, guy. Rude. <laughs> Yo, but here's the thing about Komet is that I'm worried that the Bears are going to fall in love with him because he's from Lake Barrington. He's an Illinois kid, Notre Dame. I mean, this guy, you know, you put you draft him and it's like instant, you know, meathead jersey sales, like, oh, yeah. are through the roof. Like, if, you know, if that was the case, if that was the case, wouldn't they have kept – Cam Meredith, though, despite his injuries? No, because Cam Meredith is not white. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, damn. Cole, Cole Komet, the Bears always got to have the great white hope. That's why Kwiatkowski, everybody was crying about Kwiatkowski leaving. Yeah, hey, I liked Kwiatkowski. Yeah, I mean, I he's think fine. he was—I think he was that good thumper that played that would be good Pause. next to Roquan. Yeah, exactly. Pause. <laughs> uh, no, I only ask what position he played in baseball because if he was a pitcher, maybe they could draft him to play quarterback if he's got a what? strong enough arm. Dude, he, if he's if he plays he's baseball, he needs to go Jeff Samarja route and just fucking play baseball. Bro, well, I got a question <laughs> for you, man. Say we're sitting at forty-three, right? And Chin and Winfield are there. Who who are you taking? Who? Chin or Winfield for safety? Winfield. It's not even close. Winfield. Not, yeah? I don't even think it's a – it's not even close. Thank not even you. Close. Not even close. I don't even think it's like – if you're picking safety – I don't think the Bears take, uh, take, take safety high, but if, if I'm picking between Chin and Winfield, I, I, it's like a no-brainer. Chin doesn't even exist. You don't think so? Not even with that nope. size, that athleticism? Nope. Nope. I think Winfield's a fucking hit, man, dude. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Winfield – is one of them cats you're going to look up one day, you'll be like, yeah, this guy's good. Like, he gets to the ball. He has a nose for the ball. I don't know how he does it. Athletically, he's not, you know, the best, but he just gets to the ball. His, fo- his football instincts are. Well, he's like a Bob Sanders or a Mike Brown type. Like, he doesn't have the measurables. But, yeah. I mean, he, and the thing about him is that he's he at least played against some good competition. Like, Chin has played against nobody. Like, Oh, like, my goodness. Nobody. He's like, you know, I don't even know if he could go play in the XFL. He's obviously got, like, that. Why you got to take that shot? <laughs> Why you got to take that shot? <laughs> Sorry, the, no, AF, the AFL. I mean, I, 
I like yeah. his height. I like his athleticism. I think this kid could play cornerback too. Yeah, how's Steven Denmark looking with all his height and athleticism? Nah, he's he's better than Denmark, man. Denmark was see see see. You know what? I don't mind small school kids. Like I don't really care about that. I just look at traits and. Uh, Chin is not a strong safety. He can't play strong because he can't sift through traffic. He doesn't really recognize traffic uh, on the run fits. In the pass game, he's good because he's a natural free safety. So if you're playing too high, yeah, you can drag, you know, Chin, but we're not always playing too high. So I think Chin is not really a good fit. Now, Winfield can play in the box, and he can play, you know, single high or too high. So I think – I think that's just a default easy pick, like Winfield or or nothing. So what do you think about Delpit? You, I know you didn't like him when I mentioned him in, on Twitter. but no, Man, you know what? I loved Grand Delpit last, the year before this year, right? But Grand Delpit, I, I get he was dealing with an ankle injury. His, his run fits were trash, absolutely okay. trash. The guy cannot – this year he couldn't see – a running back and take the right angle, you know, and that scares me. I wouldn't be overly mad if we took Delpit because I get the upside, but I, that's not the fit. If I was going for a fit, it's kind of close between him and Winfield. Winfield has that injury history, but Winfield is a dog, bro. Like he's a dog. So well, that's the, that's the knock on Delpit is the tackling. I mean, that's that's yeah. what's been and coming out is the tackling Jimmy Winfield and the angles. Sorry, I don't mean to overstep. No, I'm sorry. Winfield, give me Winfield because that dude will come up and smack you in the mouth. Whoa, and that's right, which is cool. I mean, I think that's a little overrated, though, in the way that the way the game gets called now. You yeah, know, not, I guess no, not in this defense, though. We need somebody that's going to be a run fit. I mean, they, we learned that. Yes, right, but but not to like deliver punishment. I mean, like that. Realistically, realistically, we, we had Amos, and you know, he he used to get called for a lot of penalties too, uh, especially at, at bad times, like in the playoffs. So, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you're not going to see Delpit at 43. I don't. I haven't seen any mocks where he's still there. But I've, I've seen, seen. I had a mock where he was just still there. I've seen plenty um, where where uh, Chin and Winfield are still there. Um, so the next thing I think we should talk about, which has kind of been uh, setting uh, Bears Twitter quarantine, Bears Twitter, which is extra incendiary right now, is. Uh, Raul somehow must have – I don't know what you did to get Swift to fall to you in that mock because I've never seen that happen one time. Like, I've seen Jordan Love fall to 43, but I've never seen Swift fall to 43. So you must have had some cheat code and got Swift to fall. And and basically, you know, you're – I'll let you tell it, but basically your idea is that if a a running back like Swift or – Hilaire Edwards or one of these guys falls, then then the Bears should be there for that type of player. Yep. I believe that. Okay, so I'm not going to get long-winded, but this is it. So so I get I get the idea that people think that running backs are devalued. I get that. But it's a wrong notion, and people are going towards of uh, 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 an ESPN-driven, you know, uh, a statement rather than actual practicality with football. If you don't have a quarterback and offense and a passing game that can light things up and the offensive line, you need a running back to stabilize it, i.e. the Vikings, i.e. Tennessee. You feel me? So when you have those running backs, if you can have two of them, it takes the pressure off of your offense and your defense. Now, 
uh, Swift and Taylor, I put them right in the category, right under somebody like Ty Gurley, without without the, the, the injuries, right? So you can't pass up on those players. The NFL narrative is going around. That's why you're going to have – you might have a shot at both of those players. But those are, both of those players can, can uh, give you immediate impact, impact, and it can change the complexity of your team from day one. Like, you can't pass them up. Now, Swift is a better fit for uh, the Bears system. But if you get Taylor, that's like a 1,300-yard uh, uh, rusher, ASAP. You feel me? So, like, you can't pass it up. Bear fans just talk nonsense. They don't watch games outside of Bear games, and they just go off of analytics, and they just talk straight nonsense. And that's not how football is played. You feel me? So I would definitely take Swift. Like, it wouldn't be a question. Like, if you pass up on Swift on Taylor, shame on you because you're, you're going to get fired. Well, here's the thing, too, is that, like, I don't think Swift is going to be there, but every single mock that I've done, Taylor and Dobbins are there. Like, they are frequently there at 43. Uh, so what about Dobbins? Well, what do you think about him? I uh, think Dobbins is the biggest hit or miss player in the draft. Like, you might look up and Dobbins is going to be, like, the household name, or you might look up three years and he's out the NFL. Like, it's so much inconsistency, it's inconsistency in his tape. Like, a lot of it is, like, just him, like, with open – open lanes to run through, but he does create. So it's like, he's a hard evaluation, but I can see why you like him. I can see why you don't like him, you know, but if you're going, if you're going to go with short bets, Taylor and, and Swift. Okay. So let's say Taylor's not there. Swift is not there, but Dobbins is there and Winfield's there at 43. Do you take Winfield or Dobbins? That's tough. That's a tough one, man. I would take Winfield. Just because I think the next best running back, as far as Hilaire, would be there, or or McFarlane would be there in, in late third, early fourth. Right, Mike. What do you think? Would you take a would you take a running back like Raul? Do you agree with that statement? No, I would unless they have just like an ultimate plan to like bring in Tony Jefferson or something like that. I think they got to bring in Winfield, especially with that forty third pick. We need a, a safety to pair with Eddie Jackson, like straight up. Like it's, the, it didn't work with Clinton Dix. Like Clinton Dix had, you know, some good plays on defense, but he just doesn't fit what Eddie Jackson does. And we need someone that fits what Eddie Jackson does. My thing is this is that, like, because a lot of people are arguing about, oh, we can't spend that much on a running back because running back position is devalued, blah, blah, blah. But then you look around the league and you see Nick Chubb was the 35th overall pick. Mm -hmm. You see that Dalvin Cook was, I think, 45. Um, you know, that, and these are the top rushers in the league. And, and you look at Cleveland. Now, Cleveland had some running backs, right? They mm -hmm. had a whole stable of random dudes, right. you know, um, and they even went and got uh, – what's his face from – from um, who did they have? They had the uh, – that's oh, now – Kareem Hunt. Kareem yeah. Hunt. Yeah. The, but, the, like, the thing about running backs is you got to keep – Swinging, like mm -hmm. you cannot, like they, right. they, they, and 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 the misconception is that they didn't that oh David Montgomery was a third, but David Montgomery right. was not a third. David Montgomery cost us a lot of draft capital, and he didn't really 
pan out to be the player he was supposed to be. And you can blame the offensive line, and you can blame Mitch and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think Dave Montgomery's a bad player. I think he's going to be a good player. But what's behind him is atrocious. Like, Ryan Nall is not an NFL player. And Tariq Cohen is not a between-the-tackles running back. Like, he, he is going to die if you give uh, him 200 carries a year, you know, or even 100 like so i just think like you if you brought in an impact back and then and then you move cohen to the gadget to the joker to the slot where he's supposed to be you become a better team mm. and at 43 when you don't have a lot of other picks it's like you know how bad do you need that other safety you just spent 15 million dollars on robert quinn you know and and the pass rush is really i think was the biggest factor in why the secondary struggled last year was because they couldn't get to the quarterback jared go ahead the argument that i'll give you for a second round running back is matt forte Okay, there you go. That okay. is the, that is, no. That's the ultimate argument. I mean, it's a guy that we've taken in the second round that mm. totally panned out to be probably one of the most productive running backs since Walter Payton. Yep. So my argument is that if that kind of talent is there and you have the guy that can catch, that can run the routes, can read fucking their linemen, I think that's the kind of running back you look for. Now, the, so, now, does so the, that player ex, exist in this draft? I, so, I don't think it's Montgomery. I really don't, and I've not thought that since we drafted him. Now, I, think, I think he breaks tackles well. I don't think he reads his linemen well, and he doesn't set his blocks well. So, so then why, that is my biggest bitch about the guy. Uh-huh. So my point being is that if you feel like you have that guy in the draft, you might take him at 43. But you don't take anybody at 50. That 50 pick is already gone. But he already was. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Montgomery, it's also because you have Mitch there, and he doesn't really know how to throw to running backs consistently anyway. So I think I think Montgomery will be fine for that guy that can kind of do it all. But that um, I, I had I drafted this kid in one of the mocks, Siwu, um, Oklahoma. I can't pronounce his last name. Do you, Raul, do you know anything about this kid? He's a big from TCU, right? Yeah. From TCU? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's he's a he's a three point five yard and they call a dust guy. He's not a guy that you want to like be a featured back. He's a he's not really he's big, but he's in a bruiser. He falls forward, but he has bad feet. You know, so it's like he's just one of those. Not like guys a short yardage guy. Nah, he's not. Re- he's a short yardage guy, but he's not really like a bruiser, bruiser. I mean, if you're gonna go late round, um, what's his name, Nelson out of out of New Mexico State, because he's like a four three guy. He's fast. He's quick. Yeah, McFarland is a very good in the zone type of guy. But you know, outside of that, Zach Moss are obviously. But outside of that, it's like you're just kind of like really guessing, you know. So like, my thing is, that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dominate this. Like, the Bears have an issue is they can't get big plays. They can't get chunk yardage. And teams bring in DBs and then crowd the, the box with eight DBs, with, with, with eight, eight men in the box. And we can't figure it out. Somebody like Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift can take it to the house at every single rip. So, therefore, they become a danger. So, you can't – you have to pick. 
You won't. You, are you going to attack the pass or are you going to attack the run? Most teams are going to stop the run first, right? Because that, that that's what you're taught in football. So they're going to bring that extra linebacker in there, right? And then that opens up the pass. But if you bring that DB in there, Jackson Taylor's going to mow through that guy and it's going to be six. You feel me? So, like, you can have Montgomery and Taylor. You can have a one-two, especially when you have two backups at QB. You feel me? So like, yeah. Oh, and you, yeah, you have to. I think you have to get another running back. Like, I don't understand why that was the biggest thing. And I know Pace says a bunch of crap and who cares, but the thing that bothered me that he said the most in the last thing was that I think it was at the combine was that they feel good about the running back room. I'm like, why? Like, you know, like that's not, you know, like it literally any, if you give almost any running back 250 carries, they, they, they're going to come up with 900 yards. Like it's not, that's not special. It's just like, you know, with quarterbacks, 3000 yards, 3,500 yards is not special anymore. Like we have to stop thinking that that's a good, I know as bears fans, we think that's amazing. Yeah, but in our, the our, real our world, it wasn't special either. You, you need to upgrade that. Uh, that sure. And, and, and here's the thing is that Nick Foles at quarterback is going to pick the right plays to run. And he's going to adjust correctly, but I'm right. not a, I'm not a big fan right. of the full signing, but yes, he will make the adjustments needed. Definitely will help him run. Well, at the very least, I mean, that's the thing is that I don't, by any means do I think that Nick Foles is going to like light it up and, and, and throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. I don't think that. I think that probably three or four times a game, he's going to make a first down that Mitch wouldn't. Because that's the one thing that Foles can do is on third down, third and long, he can at least make the defense worried about a pass. Like mm-hmm. on third down with Mitch, it's like the defense just pins their ears back. They don't care, or or they just set that linebacker to spy Mitch and and scare him and cry, creep up into the box and then not even blitz, and that's enough to 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 ruin Mitch's whole day. So we just trade Mitch and bring Cam Newton in. Trade him for what? I'm just saying nobody's going to trade for Mitch right now. I know. No I know. <laughs> Jameis Winston is going to sign before anyone uh, trades for Mitch, and even then, it's it's a long shot. I I do got a question for Al, though. Uh, Why do you hate Leonard Fournette so much? Leonard Fournette is like everything that's wrong with an NFL running back. He's a (laughs) one-dimensional running back. He plays when he wants to. He doesn't get the yards per carry. He doesn't really break tackles on, you know, on the regular – and he doesn't really catch off the backfield. He can't line up. You trade him for Leonard Fournette, especially when he's a free agent next year, it's the worst thing you can do. No, it's cool. I just want an explanation because when I tagged you in that stuff on Twitter, all you said was yuck and gave me no Absolutely. Like, no, he's not one of those running backs. Like, he definitely doesn't fit Nagy's system. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, he's not the modern running back that can actually catch and then, you know, and then, you know, make something of it. You feel me? Like, he's just, he's an right. old school running back. If this is 2004, Larry Fournette is like the, the featured back in everybody's system. But, but even pairing him with Montgomery, like, you don't think nope. that would be a good pairing? Nope. Nope. Okay. 
No, no I, I agree. I'm just I'm just asking questions, man, because like, you, you and GW, neither of you, you fucking really gave me it. Oh, sorry. Am I allowed? Oh, really? Hey, you know, curse away, bro. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but neither of you really. It's a tailgate, man. Yeah. Yeah. I try, I try not to. Talking fucking shit. <laughs> I try not to on my podcast, but when right. I go on others, I really try not to. But anyway, no, uh. You and GW didn't really give me a reason, and all Mike was doing was liking stuff, not really giving any explanation either. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to hear your explanation on it. Uh huh. No, it's it, it's just because he doesn't he doesn't really uh, he doesn't move the needle for us. Like he's, he's a really one dimensional. Yeah. yeah, he's a really one dimensional running back. I think like before the draft, if y'all look up at my old takes, I was like, Garrett's guys is gonna be better than him. Garrett's guys is actually. Injury prone, but he's still better. I think I think he's one dimensional, and that's not what the NFL is really geared toward. Even though I think the NFL is going towards more power nowadays, but it just doesn't fit us at all. Now, do you think there's like a power back in the draft that like uh, almost like not not that Jordan Howard was exactly a power back all the time, but a guy that can get yarders no matter what, like he moves. Yeah, John, Jonathan Taylor. I, I, it's like it's like if you want a faster. Jordan Howard that can catch out the backfield, not really running routes. Jonathan Taylor, I think he'll mow through through people. Like he falls forward. You don't see any plays where Jonathan Taylor is getting hit backwards. The guy's two thirty running a four three eight. It's crazy. You feel me? You don't you don't miss on those type of plays. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's like he's gonna be there, but I just don't see Pace having the. I don't know what the he, hell Pace is gonna do. He just seems to think that he, you know, that he's too smart for the room, and that he's gonna find some some fifth or sixth round gem, and you know, I and, and that, see a lot of that in this draft. Though I think you're gonna see overdrafted. I hope so. That's the thing that's giving me hope about Pace is the the fact that they moved on from Floyd, and I know Raul loves Floyd, but Floyd was trash. Yeah, the, the 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 fact that they just cut Burton, hey, honestly, hey, like he he. he Sets the edge because he gets pushed yeah. out there. Sets hey, the edge. Hey, he gets uh, stop runs and whatnot. He could do stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he wasn't. If he wasn't a number eight overall pick, he just traded up for. He like, wasn't drafted to do what he did. Yeah, right. That's anyway, nice. so the fact that Pace moved on from him, the fact that Pace has now moved on from from Burton, you know, he's he's at the point where it's like he's he's doesn't have any choice like he's cutting bait or at least maybe he's got uh, some people around him who he's listening to now a little bit more and he's not on his own just trying to rebuild the saints which is what he was doing before now whether or not the people that he's listening to have anything good to say i mean that's the question it's like we got this whole new coaching staff, and it's a bunch of retreads. I mean, you know, I, I, I love, you know, uh, DeFlippo's videos, and, you know, he could talk a blue streak about the RPO, but when you really look at his track record, it's kind of like, eh. Same thing with Laser. I mean, Castillo was out of football. Football like, is a game played on glass. <laughs> like, I just, like, I just, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of people – it's a, you know, it's a it's a it's a move to just say we're trying. Well, how much fucking changes? You know what I mean? Like you, you take the heat off of yourself. That's that's the first. That's honestly that's usually the move you make before you're on the hot seat. How much, of it, how much of it do you think is naggy though? Like how like because you you saw like with Parky a couple years ago, Parky went on to like that talk show 
and then shortly after he was cut, like how much do you think that Trey Burton cut is being attributed to like Parky telling Pace like, hey, I can't even use this fucking guy. Like, what it, what are we gonna do with him? And Pace is just like, well, we'll just cut him. And Nagy's like, sounds good to me. You know what I mean? Like, how much- honestly, I think that that's a. I think that Nagy's mindset has changed this year, and I, I think he he realizes that you know the leash is. I don't think they're on the hot seat as much as a lot of people think, but I think it's getting warm and. Mm-hmm. So I think Nagy is is not trying to coddle anybody anymore, and the warm fuzzies are done now. He's not a first year coach anymore. He's a third year coach, and he's not going to baby Mitch, and he's not going to put up with you know this BS. And I think that new tight end coach Clancy Barone looks like a freaking mob hitman, and so I don't think he's taking any BS. I think Shaheen, you know, like I said, she just cut himself because he, he don't even want to go and meet this dude like that that dude looks like he can get on the field you know right now so i, I just think i'm hoping that that's that this is a, a a philosophical change to just say you know what like we can't deal with these people who, who don't want to be here or are uh, on the fence and you know, I've kind of shied away from calling out Trey Burton as being soft and, and whatever. And, and, and to me, you know, having soft. he is, but, but, and Charm and it, soft. He's like Floyd soft, like S A W F. Go ahead, Raul. Tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> nah, you know what, you know what Floyd, Floyd, like, like I keep saying, like you guys are going to really, really see when you guys are watching Robert Quinn, and you're not watching just the sacks, right? And like Floyd, like in the three four and the four three is totally different. When you got an edge, like we're paying Khalil Mack, the highest paid play defensive uh, end in the NFL, to set the edge because Robert Quinn can't do it. We're taking Khalil Mack out of what he does best, right? So when y'all see when y'all see Quinn struggling to set up the edge, I'm gonna come back to you. Floyd was a godsend, and I hope that we can bring him back. But I don't think so. But you saw when Floyd, like when he when he did rush in, if he would make contact with an offensive lineman, he just like gave up at sometimes too. Do you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of that. I definitely understand that, but I will say this: if you look at all of the edges, year five, year six is when they bust out, right? Year five, year six is when they get totally like crazy and they put it all together. Like I would tell y'all this. Like, remember Floyd's first year when he had a seven-and-a-half sack? He was our primary rusher, right? And then once Matt came in, he became the edge setter because in the 3-4, you got to have a primary rusher and an edge setter. Right now we have a primary rusher and a, and a rush specialist. We don't have an edge setter. You feel me? So now it's like Matt has to be the edge setter, and that's wrong. Okay, so, so, so I'm, should I'm that – uh, so fair. I, I, I get that. I mean, personally, I think the the biggest thing with me with Floyd is that Floyd was a second round pick and, and he was looking to make like six, seven million dollars this season. No problem. Bring him back. I don't think he's a bad player. But when you put that number at 13, and I know 13 is not crazy, but that production, you got to get production. Like, it's not just stat watching. It's not just, you know, being naive. Like, he was brought in to rush the passer and he, and he doesn't, 
rush the passer. Like that, that's gonna I, be interesting though. Like, Raul was saying though, like using Floyd as a decoy. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, not not Floyd, uh, Mac using Mac as like almost a decoy, and dropping him. Well, back. whatever. If Quinn, if if Quinn and Mac have twenty-five sacks between them, I don't give a shit. Like it's gonna it's gonna be good. Like it, it's gonna work out. We're gonna get more turnovers and. And, you know, I, I just – I feel like this defense, like, they have to account for so many people now. The, the numbers, just the number, the sheer numbers game, they're not going to be able to block everybody as long as Akeem Hicks is healthy. Go ahead, Jerry. All right, let's not act like the defensive god that we had that's in fucking Denver right now it didn't drop me back into coverage every once in a while. I hated it. I hated it, but there's an effectiveness to it. We're also you nickel cannot, more than we're in You can't just be like, oh, well, we're going to rest these two guys. That makes you predictable. Yep. Well, with Pagano, yep. you're, you're well, in nickel. third job, dog. That's, but that, that is, is, it is, and, but, and, and, right, but, <laughs> but here's the thing, and, and, say, I, and I, say, I do, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, All right. you still have to have somebody behind those guys, and 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 I see the the, the purpose of the the deception of you know dropping a guy who normally you know and 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 sort of baiting them you know because you can you can obviously you could bait a hot read or you could bait you know um, different things that happen on that side, but. My thing is, is there just was never enough balance to Floyd's game. You know, when when you did have Mac getting all this attention, Floyd just never produced, and he needed to produce more. And my thing is, you watch Floyd on tape, and I just feel like there was so many times where he was just very happy to be blocked while someone else made the play. He didn't have that, like, I gotta get the ball. I'm, he I'm you dog, know, dude. No, he's he not just does dog. not get his nose in there. And you know, like I said, if he was a, if they picked him at forty-five or fifty overall, and 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 then okay, fine, I'd be good. You know, get him on a second contract. But when you're talking about thirteen million dollars, and it looks like the Rams might not even sign him after all that, because to, to be honest, ah. I think no, I think if he was willing to restructure, they would have kept him. I, I don't know if he was. So can I can I say something? I want yeah. to raise my hand real quick. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. First and foremost, I want to shout out to Jeremy because he's like motivating the thugs right now because he got like mad women on him right now. Like, I was looking at that. I was like, what has he got right there? What is going on? In his defense, Jarrett is is, uh, attending a social distance function. So the only one breaking the rule is his girlfriend. (laughs) Maybe. I want to be like you. But <laughs> check. Bro, it is yeah. eight in the morning. Yeah, I think that, I'll still be getting fucked up. I think that people get caught up in like you know sacks and don't really like break down football. Like in the three four, I think is more essential to have an edge setter than it is in the four three. Like it's both essential, but in three four, you can't have any leakage from the outside because of the middle linebackers being so inside. You feel me? So, like, it's like you, you're you giving up one for the other. And it doesn't necessarily generate more turn turnovers because 
the Bears got turnovers because uh, 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 Eddie Jackson was able to roam because somebody like Floyd can take a back out the backfield or can take a tight end. You know, so it allows uh, uh, Eddie Jackson to play a single high and actually roam around. You know, we don't have that anymore with Robert Quinn because you can't drop him in coverage and he can't play the rock. You feel me? So it's a it's a conundrum. So here's a question: Can Can Barcadius Mingo be anything besides a special team Hell player? Hell no. Okay. I mean, do, do you see this running more? He can't even be a poor man's Floyd. Do you put him inside with six? Are you kidding me? Do you put him inside? ever. I mean, with Quinn though, with Floyd gone and Quinn here, do you do you see us running more nickel than, than we normally do? Yes, I think we're going to be primarily nickel. But with that said, with nickel, you're bringing an extra DB on the field, and then you have a liability as a, as as Quinn being the the, the edge center. Or Mac has to be the edge setter right now. You're taking your best player and making him an assignment football player rather than a playmaker. That's the issue I'm having with it, and that's what people don't understand. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I love Quinn, right? But I think Quinn is like, it's like Abraham when he played for the Jets in Atlanta. I think he's a, special, he's a specialist. He's an he's a edge rusher specialist, but he's on the all-around defensive end. And I think if you can get Quinn and Floyd together – if you got something, but I think if you, if you have one or the other, then you have a little bit of lack, and you can get caught lacking. So, so two questions I have about the draft is one: Is there somebody it, it, that the Bears could take that would be a player that could fill in for what Floyd? You know, is there is, somebody on the roster that could? I don't. Well, no. I don't think there is on the roster. No, no. I just wonder: Is there somebody that they could draft? You know, um, you know. I, I mean, I know I brought up the other day that Carter Coughlin guy, um, who's kind of an edge, but he's also, you know, he's he's just a guy, a guy that's gotten a lot of production. Um, you know, that that might be a player that they'd be interested in, or um, I don't know, Terrell Lewis, or I mean, is there anybody that you see, you know, that 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 could could they pick up to to kind of fill that in? I think Uchi, uh, Uchi from Michigan would be the perfect complement to Floyd. I think uh, Josh Uchi would be like a godsend, but I also think Grenard from Florida would be somebody that could be an edge, a, a, a tone setter on the edge and also rush the passer, but he's more of a pass rusher. I think developmental, you can go Gibson from, um, from, from Tulsa uh, and just a pure rush specialist, tough from Mississippi, uh, I mean, um, Memphis. But I think if you're going to get anybody in the Floyd's uh, mold, it's going to be Uchi. And I think Uchi is best suited for, like, a specialist that can set, uh, that can set the, 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 the edge as well. But Terrell Lewis, I like as well. I think his upside is crazy. A little boom or bust type of guy. He could be an all-pro. He could be at the NFL in three years. What do you think? And people were talking about Matabuke at a Texas A&M being a guy that they would take at 43 at defensive lineman. You know, that's that, that to me, I don't know. I think Matabuke is a developmental player. I don't think he fits the Bears because you have to develop him. You got to wait like two, two, three years to, to, to fully see what, what he can be. But I think the Bears are, are negligent and don't have a real five-tech 
And if we we keep it at a Billy, you know, Hakeem Hakeem Hicks is on on the end of his of his career. You feel me? You're gonna have to replace him. Plus, if you put another person next to Hakeem Hicks, it makes you that much better. I thought we were gonna sign Derek Wolf. That was a no-brainer, you know, signing, but we didn't. You know, and this is on pace once again. So, like Metabuki, I can actually understand why, because you're gonna have to get rid of Hicks one way or another pretty pretty soon. You feel me? But right now, yeah, Metabuki doesn't fit us because he's not an instant impact. What about Wolf signed somewhere else? Yeah, uh, Ravens, yeah, I think. Yeah. No shit. The Ravens are stocked. Yeah, the Ravens. Exactly. The Ravens are just like the Eagles. They just keep adding just and adding and that adding. Hoarding shit. No, like they just keep like, and what kills me is that like they just like they they know how to get tight ends. They know how to get kickers, and we don't. And and they just keep stocking and stocking and stocking. It's like the Eagles. Every year, the Eagles just keep adding more and more defensive players. And it's like you know, and that's what yeah. scares me about this team next year because I think our defense is gonna be is gonna be great, but the depth is really concerning. Like mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, that's just that's just what worries me is that yeah. we're setting ourselves up again for a, a season where the defense <laughs> is gonna have to be great for us to win, even with Foles. I mean, I think Foles is gonna will be an upgrade over Mitch, but it's not gonna be like an amazing upgrade over Mitch. Right. And so where you're at is you're, you know, you got Miller with a second shoulder surgery. That's a question mark, you know, and what else you got? I mean, Javon Wims is not really anything. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't see it. We don't know why Ridley can't get on the field. Like, I just, you know, I I don't, I don't really, You know, I know they're going to probably draft a wide receiver because there's so many in this draft, and hopefully they end up with, you know, Hamler or Ayuk or, you know, one of these guys. Even a burner, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that I know a lot of people. Like, Hamler. Mm. Hamler's got speed, though. I like Hamler. Hamler's uh, pretty like, good. Like, I <clears> – <throat> Like he's he's a guy that like they they you know in Nagy type of offense could be State. like a Tyreek Hill yeah. type of player. Mm, his Hamlin? freshman year, yes, his freshman year in versus Ohio State was not Tyreek Hill, but he could be esque Tyreek Hill esque. A lot of speed in like space. A- like a poor man sorry kill. Yes, that I mean let's just you know other than defense the Bears just we just we're dumpster divers let's be honest. I know they need to they need to go sign. I was here, Akeem. Oh wow, that's interesting. Okay, I was here, Akeem. Sure. I don't see Tyree. So so what I'll say is this: I personally think that Hamlet got has special traits that you can't teach, and Tyree Hill has those. Those those traits as well. Tyreek Hill is bigger and taller, but Hamlin's ability to separate, his ability to not lose any motion when he's when he's cutting and breaking down on routes, and his speed, you can't teach that. I don't care what size you are or what weight you are, like you cannot teach that. And like that's what the offense is missing. This offense desperately needs playmakers. We ain't got them. Only person we got is Allen Robinson, and he's not a vertical threat. Like that, you feel me? So you gotta get somebody that can stretch the defense. That's why I keep saying the two picks should be Hamler and Taylor, unless Swift is there. 
You've got two people that can stretch a defense horizontally and vertically. Otherwise, we don't have it. Hey, real quick, Rebel, I just I, I have a question. It's something I've been wanting to ask well, any of you guys, honestly. Who – so, like, we saw Roquan Smith go down with an injury last year, and we had Kwiatkowski kind of pick up the slack there. And, you know, Danny T, he has that injury history as well. It, in this draft, do you see anyone that could kind of pick up that Nick Kwiatkowski role that the Bears could draft and bring in in that same role? See, we don't have enough picks – for, for that, this year's linebacker, middle linebacker is really, really lacking. But I would say for a late-round pick or undrafted free agent, it would be uh, Joe Bocci out of Michigan State. I think he has everything that you need. He has a, a past suspension for using uh, um, uh, performance enhancement drugs. But other than that, I think Bocci is somebody that can fill it. I think my man uh, out of Wyoming, I think he's going to go too high. I think he's a third or fourth-round pick. Other than that, then he would be perfect. Logan, he, yeah. he would be perfect. But I just don't think we're going to be able to get to him because we don't have that draft capital. I was, looking, that. I was looking uh, at a guy uh, from Miami, Shaquille Quarterman. He, see, see, what do you think about, about him? Quarterman. So the thing about Shaquille Quarterman is his sophomore year, he was taught to be like a top you know, 20 pick. Shaquille Quarterman has a lot of issues. He's very, very slow, and he doesn't react well. You know, you can bring him in as a special teams ace, but I don't know if this NFL is made for Shaquille Quarterman. The perfect, the perfect player as far as speed, uh, as far as he doesn't really have the instincts, but speed and reaction will be gay. Willie Gay out of Mississippi State. But he doesn't really have the total package. You feel me? So, right, but I mean, we're talking about replacing Kwiatkowski. It's not like Kwiatkowski was that fast. You're right. I, you're right, but I mean... Uh, I just I just want a guy that's going to be a short tackler. That's the only thing I like about Quarterman is that I feel like everything that's he everything that's in front of him he brings down. He may not chase a guy down, but like that, that's what I think you need is that linebacker that like let's say Danny goes down, then you need a guy that's going to just stay in his lane and let Roquan win. It's not if it's when. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that his injury with the elbow was pretty fluky. Like, that was like a freak accident. That yeah, was. like, and I'm not, honestly, I'm shocked he's even he's back. Hurt, like, that looks so horrible. Let's not act like he doesn't – This is he's only played two full seasons, though. Well, right, but I think it, that, that since they got rid of the John Fox archaic training staff and, you know, uh, gym equipment, he they've been pretty healthy. You know, I mean, 2018, they were, like, abnormally healthy. In 2019, they got, you know, the injury. They got, you know, more of an average uh, injury bug that, that struck. So, do you, do you think they made a mistake? Because, I mean, Kwiatkowski didn't sign for – he signed for less than Danny Trevathan, didn't he? No, he signed for more. Did he sign for more? I thought he – okay, my bad then. The average value, Trevathan's less, but – um, my, I knew they were going to re-sign Danny because of his leadership. Like you, you he just, does have outstanding leadership. That like, locker room. You're was. vocal. You, Khalil Mack is not a vocal leader. Akeem mm. is, but you lost. Uh, you lost a Mukamara, who is a vocal leader of the secondary with Eddie. Uh, you know, because Fuller doesn't say shit to anybody. Like he's just out there on an island. Mm. Um, 
you know, five yards off the ball. So it's like, you know, you had to have Danny back. I mean, it just unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate, but at least they're going to get a comp pick for quit. And, you know, I mean, he was all right. I, I just think it's funny how like the, like the Kwiatkowski love came out of the woodwork because like when, 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 uh, you know, Roquan went out and Kwiatkowski had to play for Roquan's little thing or whatever, people were flipping their shit. Like, Oh, Kwiatkowski's going to get burned. He's so bad. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they re- remember when he was playing opposite John Timu, you know, and Christian Jones yeah. and, and, and he was getting worked. You know, I don't think that the Raiders are going to put uh, Kwiatkowski out there for 900 snaps. You know, they might, but you know, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't. Um, they ended up getting the the guy from the Rams right after that. So they're still pretty. Yeah. You know, they're they're not depending on Kwiatkowski. Um, I think it was a mistake to let KPL go myself, like because I thought he was a good. He was the guy that that was steady, and the, and the problem is he goes back to paces again. You got Josh Woods is nothing. Iggy, you know, Ibunue is nothing. So you, those are more wasted draft picks. I mean, I guess you know maybe this year we'll see if Iggy can step up and do something. But every time he's been on the field, he's pretty much a bum. Isaiah Irving is not a is not a backer like that. I don't really know what he is. I mean, he has moments where he looks okay. You got mm. Vodders, I guess it's like a you know, like an outside guy though, isn't it? Yeah, he? those guys are outside guys. They're not really going to do so I don't know. I mean, I think that's another thing they need to they they would need to look at. It's just like, again, they don't have any damn picks. So and, and I just don't even know if Pace knows how to trade down. Like he's just allergic to it. I do have a question, Raul. We're sitting there at 50, and Jalen Hurts still on the board. Yeah, good question. What's the point? What's the point? I Like, I get it. I get it. Chicago's desperate for a quarterback. I get it. I get it. You know what? But I'm not betting on Jalen Hurts. I've seen Jalen Hurts at Alabama, and I've seen Jalen Hurts at, at, at Oklahoma. Oklahoma gives them, you know, all types of weapons and a wide-open offense. I don't have trust in Jalen Hurts to be that quarterback. Can he come in right now and beat out you know, uh, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. I think that's a no. Right now, you're, you have a team that this is year six or year five in Ryan Pace's rebuild, right? You have a team that's win now. Well, drafting a rookie quarterback does nothing for you. You know, so, and, and then and it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like you have a team that has, you know, full roster, full depth, and you can groom a quarterback. You don't have that. This isn't like Seattle in 2015. You know, we don't have that. We don't have that luxury. So we got to fill those holes. And, and I hate saying that. You got to get, you know, a safety, a wide receiver that can move, a tight end, an offensive guard. You have to get a tackle. You have to get players that can play right right, right away. I don't think Jalen Hurts is that, is that pick. Now, do you think you don't think he could develop behind Foles? I think he could. But, I mean, he could. But right now you you have limited picks, especially in, in, the, in the top – of the uh, of the draft, and you're you have limited depth and limited explosive players. So why would you take a developmental quarterback that high? You know, would you take Jalen Hurts 12th, 12th overall? No. Would you take him 18th overall? Nope. 
That's no, I don't think Jay, I don't think Jalen Hurts is necessarily a first round pick, but I think he's going to be a a good player. I think, in the I think league. But this like is our first rounds, right? Right. But this is this is our first round because we right. don't have first round picks. We are at like one thirteen and one nineteen in our second round. Would you take him then? This is our first overall pick, and the answer is no. And Jalen Hurts could be a very good quarterback, but right now you're taking a gamble by taking him and sit him for a year or two. I don't think he's that accurate. I think the offense in Oklahoma made him that way. I just don't think he's really that great, you know? If you want to do something, me personally, what I would do if, I, if I'm from the Bears, two moves. I know it's kind of deviating. I would still get Cam Newton. I would try to trade Mitch for a fourth or third round pick. I would get Cam Newton, and I would say Cam Newton battle Nick Foles. Right? Either that or I would bet on my strength and I would get Jadavian Clowney and put him at the fire tech next to uh, Akeem Hicks and right in front of uh, uh, Matt. And I would just play defense and run game. And then I'll let my quarterback win games in spots. That's just me. Well, I mean, I think they're already kind of going that route, uh, you know. Oh, you, you, but yeah. I don't think they can. There's no way they can afford Clowney. The question I have is: first of all, do you take Robert Quinn and put him at the Roy Robinson Robertson Harris position as the other defensive end on the inside and not the outside? He did say he likes to play more with his hand in the dirt than anything. So. Yep. Oh, yeah, the, next, the next question is, I don't like as far as your Cam Newton thing, I, I just don't see – do you – what do you do? I mean, at 43 and Jalen Hurts is there, do you take him? No. What was the point of trading for, Fol- trading for Foles then if you're just going to sign Cam Newton? Well, here's the whole thing. It's like let's look at your quarterback room. Who do you have? Number one, a Super Bowl yeah. MVP. So, so this is a former saying. Super Bowl MVP that has like failed a, miserably. He had like a Jeff Jeff Hostetler type run. And then you have Mitch Trubisky, who is probably a Jeff Hostetler style quarterback that could get you in a pinch, can get you there. Well, that's and then what? what? You've got Tyler Bray. Tyler exactly. fucking Bray. Who the fuck is Tyler Bray? Nobody. You could develop a rookie. So, so what I'll say is, this, what I'll say is this: I don't believe the Bears will bring in Cam Newton because it destroys everything that they have established. Cam Newton will beat out Mr. Bisky and Nick Foles in like one week of training. He will galvanize that whole team because of his personality, and he's going to beat out both both of them. But I think if you bring in Cam Newton, you're having a legitimate quarterback competition because right now the quarterback. Quarterback competition with Nick Foles and Trubisky is not real. Nick Foles right. wins that job. It's just, you know, we're, we're doing this for the media and for the looks of it, but it's Nick Foles' job. It's not Trubisky's. But if you bring in Cam Newton and, and Nick Foles, now that changes. I don't think the Bears brass wants that. But if you want somebody that can elevate your team, is Cam Newton, not Nick Foles. Right, and that's not happening. I mean, another thing that happened this past week was Kyle Long came out and basically put a, called a spade a spade and said, you know, that 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 you know that Mitch is done. I mean, he's you know he's on his way out. And I think kudos to Kyle for for you know coming out and saying what I think a lot of people realize. Um, 
you know, it's kind of weird timing, I guess. I mean, he's definitely, you know, transitioning in the media, but in the beginning he was a little more uh, reticent, I think, to, to be as uh, outspoken uh, per se, but, I mean, you know, yeah, he he, de- he defended Jay too when Jay left. He wrote that long letter about how Jay used to come to his house. He was oh like, sure. He's always defended the quarterback. That's he will, but but I just think it surprised me that he was as pointed about saying that. Uh, but it's true. I mean, you know, people can defend Mitch and defend Mitch and defend Mitch, and I did it for years. We all did it. it, it you don't bring in Nick Foles if Mitch is the guy. You just don't like. You do not bring that in. I mean, yes. The not Jets. for that draft pick. No, definitely I don't, I don't know, though. So, like, you look at the quarterbacks that were available this free agency and you bring in Nick Foles. Like, is that is that, like, the best challenge you could give him? It's no. Like, you could have brought in Winston. Well, um, I think Winston, uh, uh, whatever. I think, he, I think Winston, if he sits behind Big Ben for a year, might be able to correct some things. It's, it's a hard guy to take down. I don't know. I just think he'd be all right there. He's, still, he's younger than Mitch. Jay Winston, not not. I still think, I, still, I, think Winston, Cutler, I think Winston. I think Winston, if he could sit by, if he could sit behind a guy and actually learn for the first time in his career, still has potential. But I, I don't know with this this Mitch and, and Foles competition, man. I, I just think that they could have they could have went a little harder and actually given him somebody to compete. With. I, I don't I don't think Foles is that is something great. Like I just think it's a very safe knows every, knows the system. If Mitch did yeah. potentially went out, but that's what they brought in uh, Dan- Chase Daniel for. He's an upgraded Daniel. Yeah. By how much though? A lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's an upgrade. He's an upgrade over Chase Daniel by a lot. Chase Daniel's physical limitations were were apparent. I, I mean, was the last time he played a full season? Never. <laughs> Falls? Never. Okay. Yeah, sure. I agree. When I mean Mitch Trubisky's never played a full season either. Yeah. I guess that shit that is true. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, if we're going to play that game, like it's just, you know, I mean, I, man, I'm done with Mitch, but I'm just saying like they could have they could have I was hoping I mean at a certain point and me and Raul went back and forth a little bit on Twitter with Newton, but like yeah, I was excited when Cam was available. Oh, I listen, I, that's what you want, but but when you start factoring in all the other stuff and then and then COVID, I think that was the nail in the coffin for that whole thing. Like you know, I think that their plan was if cars available, we'll make a run. If not, it's going to be fulls. And then if that doesn't work out because we can't make the contract work, then who knows? It might've been Matt Moore and draft a guy. Um, but they, you know, they targeted fulls. They wanted fulls. They, they feel comfortable with him. He, and, and I've said this before, but Foles knows more of the coaches than Mitch does at this point. Mitch has never, Mitch doesn't know anything about laser, doesn't know anything about the flippo. Like Foles is, this is Foles' job. I mean, Foles didn't take this huge restructure and all this stuff to, to not play. Like he wants to play like, you know, and he's, he's going to win the job at this point. Like I just, I can't see a scenario where, you know, Nagy and, and Pace really, put all their eggs in the Mitch basket again. Um, the, the worst case scenario is that they both suck. There's a chance they both suck. There's a chance that Foles wins the job and he sucks. <laughs> like, it's the, happened before. That's not, <laughs> that's not a chance. That's a reality. There's nothing in Foles' history outside of his first year on his chip, chip, chip Kelly that shows you that he's not going to suck. 
Like, Chicago Bears fans are, like, so hyped on somebody that's a career backup. You're starting two career backups, you know, at the quarterback spot. Like, right. there's nothing to be really excited about, you know? So, like, it's Nick what Foles, bro. Like, this I, what I want. we're getting the closer view right now. Like, right, we're picking up that closer piece view. Yo, but <laughs> under, under the steering wheel. Hey, I want to ask Raul. <laughs> I want to ask Raul a question, Raul. Why don't you draft a guard early? Oh my God! So, 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 you know what? If you got a guard that is like uh, a ridiculous talent, you draft that guard, right? Like that, like you know, Quentin like Nelson. my man Nelson, Quentin Nelson. You know the Castro. You draft him. This draft has a bunch of dra- uh, guards that are from the second round grade to the fourth round grade are the same, right? So now you're banking on this guard being somebody that's elite when they're not. You feel me? And then the second round is when, especially in this draft. Is so rich in positional talent as far as like, you know, uh, like the wide receiver, running back, cornerbacks, you know, edge rushers, that taking a guard is less of a value, you know? 2018 is what I always go back to, and that was supposed to be like the best, like, depth as far as, you know, guards. And all of them are pretty much nobodies, you know? So it's like you got to be careful, and when you have premium skilled talent in the second round, that's what you go towards, especially a wide receiver, running back. All of your wide receivers, like, most of your wide receivers and running backs are, like, after 25 to, like, number 50, you know? So you're in a really good spot. You feel me? So that's why I'm, like, a guard right now in this draft is not worth it. Hunt, Louise, you know, uh, Christian Berry, so, they're all, like, The basis of the argument is that every interior lineman in this draft in particular is rich. So far. Yes. Absolutely. I think you can find what you'll find in the second round, you can find in the fourth round. Well, see, that's what I've been trying to tell people is that, and I'm obviously, I don't know, I, I'm not, this is the furthest I've really gotten to the draft this year, but it feels like when you look at it, that the drop off is a ton bigger when you get into the second round and third round, um, you know, for the offensive linemen than it is, you know, for the other, the other positions. So like, what if there is, you know, like what if Josh Jones or, you know, um, Isaiah Wilson or Austin Jackson and one of those guys is there and they don't trade back at 50. Do you take, I mean, I feel like you kind of have to take one of those guys if they're there at 50, don't you? Me personally, I don't think you do because uh, uh, tackles, you have to work them up. Try tackles take about a year. Even a right tackle take about a year. Right now, we have a very, we have a line that has a really weak link, which is the interior. So if you put a right tackle, you know, let's say you, you take an Austin Jackson, right? You put him at right tackle, you put Nancy at left, at left, uh, at right guard. Like you haven't solved anything. So why are you doing it? Right. But with that said, if you take a Jalen Rager, Hamlet or Lins, you know, uh, and put him on the, on the left side, and then and then you take somebody, you know, like a um, what's my kid? What was the kid's name? Out of uh, out of North Carolina in the fourth fifth round, and then you take a Jonathan Taylor or Swift, 
you know, in the second round, like you have something there. You it's have, hack. You, you have something you can move. Yeah, heck. Heck, you yeah. You take heck as right tackle and move him to right guard and right. work him up. That that can work, you know. But if you're taking Jackson this year, it just doesn't really work. It takes two years. Right. I mean, you look at Glasgow, who a lot of Bear fans wanted and got paid. He was a third round pick. Yep. And for the life of why the why the hell did you not get a more competent, you know, player on the offensive line? I I, I just Hanks makes moves like a rookie, and it's like you dog. This is your fifth, sixth year, my boy. Like you can't do that. Like this, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. You can't do that, and that's what he constantly does. What then? What do you what do you think the whole point is signing that that Sprig guy out of Green Bay? Like, what what was the whole point of that then? He's a fucking Hoosier. That's the only reason you. Oh my God! Get out of here with that Hoosier shit. Not from Notre Dame. Still in the league. Oh, not from Notre Dame. Notre Dame is fucking offensive lineman. You do you not see Zach Martin? Fucking uh, I did. We just what was Zach Martin? Well, what, Zach Martin was drafted in the nineties. My bad. No, he was in the first round. <laughs> I know, but no, I mean like the nineteen nineties, like Zach Martin. McGlinchey played well last year too. Yeah, McGlinchey, look at that. Boom. Stop with your fucking Indiana. How's Alex Barzler? Actually, you want to know? You want to know how he got drafted? He got drafted because of Feeney on the inside. Feeney was a fucking beast. The biggest problem for any Packer to come here That's, is you can't get you can't get away with holding. Like in Green Bay, you can right, <laughs> right. Spriggs, I don't know, whatever. Spriggs is just a guy. I don't think anybody should be getting uh, upset about Spriggs when when they picked up Cornelius Lucas. Like it, it was just a guy, and then he ended up, you know, playing decent for us. Like it's just a guy, like. I'm glad they brought back Sherrick McManus. I hope they don't healthy. Absolutely. I don't. I hope they don't healthy scratch the guy for no reason, like they did last year. I thought that was bullshit. So, yeah. I, I think bringing him back was big. Um, but the biggest thing that that you know is is kind of stressing me out about the draft coming up is that you just never know what the hell Pace is going to do. Like, you know, you you start looking back at, at his drafts and it's just rough. Like. You know the the trades and the and the, the, mm. the way he t- gets this tunnel vision and falls in love with dudes and and just can't can't see his way clear to you know to getting somebody else. You know, it's like it's like yeah. he doesn't. It, it's almost like he he has half a board and everybody else has a full draft board and like you know, he just moves up and, and then you look at back and you go, well, shit, he could have had X, Y, or Z. And I know you can't really do that, but it's, it's hard not to because every draft you've got people. I mean, if, and I, and, and I went through and I tried to unravel his trades and, and he, we should have Buda Baker and Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara and we should have, you know, um, we could still have Eddie Jackson. We could still have Tariq Cohen. You know, we could still have these other guys. We should have Deshaun Watson, Buda Baker, Alvin Kamara, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen. But instead, he got freaking Shaheen and Jordan Morgan and Trubisky. And it's like, 
pro. Like, it's just too much. I think, like, I think, I think what you're going to see with this draft, though, again, like, you're going to see the bigger name school kids overdrafted. I, I don't think Pace is going to have the opportunity to fall in love with some kid with a Camry. You didn't get those, those physical. And thank God, this might be the best thing ever. I think so. this is going to be a draft where you really have to rely on your, your scouts your scouts information. So hopefully that that reins things in with Pace falling in love with these guys. To, yeah, to go back to go back to Jason Spring signing. Let's realize that he is nothing more than swing it's a camp at body, best. bro. It's a camp body. I don't think he's a, I don't it's think a he's a camp body. Product, but he, he is a swing guy that you're going to end up putting at a reserve spot. He's going to it's another reclamation he hasn't, done, he hasn't done shit. It's a reclamation I project. I get that, but that's I, a whole—that's a product of the guy that was next to him in Feeney. I Feeney is a is a rec, reclamation project. Uh, the kid from um, he still got bars, man. Don't sleep on him. I'm yeah, don't sleep on bars. Yeah, no, get, get like an actual fair shake at the right guard position, though. Like I, I know, like uh, Raul and them on the Bears brawl. I've talked about like you know. His his coach at Notre Dame was there, and he still didn't get a, a shot. Right. You, you know can't what I mean? beat out Rashad Coward like JJ yeah. Stankovitz on our own show. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was JJ Stankovitz. I was listening was to JJ. that. He's like, dude, yeah. If JJ says, you know, I mean, he knows he's as plugged in as anybody. If you can't yeah. get on, you can't get a sniff of your own coach. There is some shit. I'm How much? Uh, I guess I couldn't really because you guys asked him about like his injury history and stuff too, right? If I remember right, you guys asked him yeah. about that, and and he was still getting like plenty of reps and stuff without being hurt. So I don't know. Like I would love to he see him get. He was a left tackle during the preseason at Indianapolis in the fourth quarter. He was right. getting reps. That's right. I, I think that if you, I would love to, you know, talk to Hesan and somebody and get the real story about what went down. But there was some. Problems between Nagy and Easton. I, I think, I think they philosophically were never a good match, and they did not see eye to eye on the whole coward thing. I think that moving Daniels and Whitehair was was a problem. I think Harry basically didn't agree with anything that was going on with that offensive line, and that's why he's not there anymore. Because I would have thought, like, okay, the offense failed, right? Like, if Nagy was the offensive coordinator and not the coach, he would have been fired last year after that season. So they had to have a fall guy, and they had multiple fall guys. And he still surprised me because of just because of his track record and his reputation. Um, so what that says to me is that there were problems, but, you know, and, and I think it's honestly like Nagy fell in love with this idea of Rashad Coward and, and this project, just like he fell in love with soul and this mm-hmm. stupid cockamamie idea of turning him into a tight end. Like, Nagy just thinks that he can just will shit to happen. And it's like, okay, Rashad Coward is not big cat Williams. I don't think he's like a bum, but he wasn't the right. He wasn't a right guard for the type of blocking scheme that they were going to do. Like they were trying to do, like, he's just too, you know, like it just wasn't going to work. And so, You know, I honestly think if you could get Heastan to tell you the truth, he'd tell you, yeah, we should have had bars in there, you know, uh, for uh, 
for half the season, but you know they're just. If you're playing, if you're running the, the zone blocking scheme as a running back, I think that he makes sense. But also, what did I tell you in the preseason when I was at the Indianapolis game? He tips. He tips with the way his body leans. He he tips. That's the whole thing. Well, the best, the best I, case too if is I James. James it, if if James if Daniels can, can step it, up. And play right, but you got to get reps. The only way to fix that is to get reps. No, time out. Time out. That's not really reps. No, he's had reps in college. He's had reps yeah. in high school. No. When you tip, you fucking straight up tip. I can see it. If I can see it as an untrained eye, anybody can see it. I think with Foles. The way, it, the way his body leans, he leans right. Like if he's pulling right, he leans right. If he leans left, he's pulling left. But you with Daniels, uh, with Daniels, I think he has a better shot to play center because what's asked with Cody right now, with Mitch not being able to read freaking defenses, he he's making a lot of calls on the line. I think if you put Daniels in, I think if you put, I think if you put Daniels in with Foles who can read defenses, I think Daniels has a better shot to succeed at center, and in, you, can put, you can put Cody back at guard. Interesting question with Foles as the quarterback: Do you put Daniels back? At the center spot, I think because I think a lot of that had to do with Mitch being uncomfortable. It did. And, and you offensive had, you linemen, had your center you know, you you have offensive linemen also on the outside saying that he's not vocal enough. He's more be more of a vocal leader. Do you do you make that move and say, dude, it's your line, you run it? Yeah. I think I think if you put Daniels at guard, you replace him. Next year or the year after, I don't think Daniels is a guard. He's not strong enough at the point of attack. He, you have to use a lot of combo blocks to to make up for the fact that he's light. You know, he doesn't really push the pot. He doesn't really, you know, push defensive tackles. So I think Daniels' his ability and his athleticism to reach block is a center. He's a natural center. So if you keep Daniels at center, you're doing the team and his trajectory as a as a player at a disservice. I think I agree. has to go back to center. But he needs to be able to call. Maybe that, that works better with, you know, with Foles because Foles can help him out, but he has to go back to center. People thinking that he can be a guard, it's just, you're not watching. You're not watching anything. You're just, you're just regurgitating what other people tell you. He's well, not let's guard. be honest. He's light in the pants, too, to be a guard. That's absolutely. 280, 290, 300 is about the max. I mean, at, look, at center, I mean, you you've got to be mobile at center, and at guard you have to be mobile, but you also have to have body mass, which is one thing that James Daniels kind of fails at. The the plus on him is that his arms are really long, and he can reach. He's got good reach. So yeah, I think I think he makes better sense at center, and like Olin Kreutz has said a few times, at center he can be a fucking all pro. Multiple yes. years. Absolutely. 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 So, well, but I, that's what I think is that Castillo, I think Castillo's going to start from scratch to some degree. I mean, I don't think Leno, I think Leno's your left tackle. But, you know, I think in terms of the interior, I think it's going to, I think he's going to go with, you know, go with who's best. I mean, it could be, it could be Ifidi and Daniels and Daniels at center and Whitehair. I mean, Whitehair could move back out to tackle again. I mean, he wasn't it, – it wasn't the worst thing in the world. No, but I don't see that happening. I, yeah, I think that the whole line call thing, that's an issue. 
And yeah, I, the only person he could learn that from was Whitehair, and he didn't get that. So, so that's part of the problem. So on uh, Whitehair, real quick, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, Cody Whitehair actually knows my brother-in-law. They were they were both recruited to K State together. Oh. And, uh, and uh, oh. he he is actually from a hometown. Like I I've served like going on 12 years in the Kansas Army National Guard. And uh, one of my old units, he was from that town. And so, like, I actually met his dad at, like, a state fair. And uh, it was just it was just funny because he was wearing a Bears hat. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Bears right on, man. He's like, yeah, well, my son plays for him, so no big deal. I was like, oh, you're fucking Cody Wire's dad. He's like, oh, That's yeah, cool. yeah. I That's was like, cool. holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I think Cody is a good player. I think he's a good pick. You know, and he's moved around a lot. It's a shame that he's had to move around a lot because right. they haven't been able to invest – the right way in the offensive be, line. That seems to be the shame of this whole offensive line. You know, you think about Kyle Long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean, there was – he tried tackle. He tried all this. And yeah. it doesn't seem like he's ever found his place. And it, obviously he's found his place now because he's retired. But mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, had he played that tackle spot, how much longer his career would have been. So then if you would have kept Kyle Long at right tackle, who would have you brought in to play that guard position, though? Because Massey's not playing that guard position, right? Anybody. Anybody. (laughs) That's the whole thing. I mean, it's just like Kyle Long. I mean, you just think he he wouldn't have gotten rolled up on so much? I don't understand why his career would have been longer. I think that. Yeah, you as a guard, you're pulling left, you're pulling right, you're turning right. your body, you're contorting it. As a tackle, it's very much kick. You, you get in your kick stance and you kick out. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're moving out, your body's already naturally kind of moving that way. It's just to me, he could have probably been a really great right tackle, but like what we've experienced with all of our O line coaches, it's like they can't find a place for him because he's maybe he's too athletic to be a guard and just not athletic enough to be a tackle. You know, it's All like right. they can't seem to fit that person into their mold. Well, I mean, I just hope that Castillo switches it up and brings more of a uh, an edge to things. I mean, I think that's that's the biggest thing that Kyle was and 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 brought to the table was his his mentality and his edge that he played with. And well, know, I don't, this, I don't this mean team has no. I mean, I'm just saying in general. I mean, right? You can use him as an example. Oh, I agree. Know? I agree. I mean, I think he. I think his career was was shortened by that to some degree, but I think he just had bad luck too. I, I just think you need a you need some some offensive linemen that want to go and punch people in the mouth. And I don't think anybody that we currently have is that person. They're all soft. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of. It's to be all right. We'll see. I mean, if he can get on the fucking field. You know, like cream rises to the top, and where is he? I mean, I think Coward is probably the nastiest dude they got in terms of like aggressiveness, but he's just out of control a lot of times. So, 
and doesn't, you know, doesn't seem like he knows where he's going. Uh, you know, I just, you don't want that project to be on the field protecting your number two <laughs> right. overall quarterback. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I, I got, I got to say something though, right? Yeah. Oh man, we need to make like a coffee table book of your tweets, man. Cause they, they <laughs> kill me on Twitter. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with all that. I'm with all that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, I'm, 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 dig, I'm digging in the crates on the road. Oh, tweets. Man. Oh my God. <laughs> Pulling out some, that, uh, some gems back from 09. Uh, even that rock yeah. one today, I missed the smell of the strip clothes. I was dying, man. Oh, man. You know what? You know what, man? It's like, <laughs> like when this is all over, you just want to sit in, in like a strip club with all, this, all the debauchery and the music going on and just... <laughs> I'm alive. You feel me? Just, like just, oh, just, hey, oh, just, hey, Raul. Oh, smell that yeah. strawberry uh, glitter <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> on that. On, <laughs> on that. Hopes and dreams. I want that. I want that. I want that, I want that smell. I want that. I want that stench. On yep. that. Uh, on that ahead. reply that you had that talking about uh, having that chick spit in your mouth, bro. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Like it was eight in the morning when I saw that tweet. I was like, bro, it is eight yeah. in the morning. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, 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 Raul, Raul, Raul's, saying, tweets, Raul's tweets expose I, us all. That's why. That's why. I, 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 can I? Can I just? Can I? 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 Story time with Raul needs to happen. Oh, bro, yeah. That's got to be like a segment on some podcast somewhere. Yeah, this one. Right here. I am proposing it. Copyright, motherfuckers. Copyright. I think I think a lot of people think like I'm exaggerating or lying about my stories. They're 100% true. And then there are a lot of stories I just can't share on Twitter. That's the scary part. <laughs> what is going on in your life that you cannot talk about it on Twitter? Twitter's the fucking wild hey, west, bro. Hey, Raul, Raul's from the west side of Chicago, so he's not making it down. Oh, oh, I thought you were from the west side. Okay. All right, well, so any, anyway, either way. Hey, man, you, you're, you're more than welcome to share a story real quick. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday no, night. No, no. Come on, we're gonna. That's. We're gonna. We're gonna get you. Uh, get you. Uh, 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 a voice changer, and it'll be like. I need that. I need that. Okay, so quick story, right? Quick so, story. Here we go. So quick story. So quick story. Hey, y'all, this listen like my the fuck up. Time. This was like my first time in Vegas, right? This was like 2007, 2000, yeah, 2007 or something. And then we were like in Vegas, and then there was this chick. She was on the phone with her boyfriend, right? And she was talking to her boyfriend instead of the third, and we were like, okay, whatever, whatever. So, like, long story short, 
my guy got with her, right? And like he got with her, like you, you feel me? And then Shorty was like totally tripping, like tweaking. And then my man had to kick her out. Then it caused a bigger issue with security and everything else. But in the end, she was like on the phone with her boyfriend giving my man head. Crazy shit. Like, wow. I'd be getting some, some head. Like, Get, getting like, some head. Like, like, like talking like, you know, like it was regular. But she doming my man next to me. I'm like, what the? What's going on? But like, I got stories like that days. Like, you wouldn't, you, you, you wouldn't believe it. Hey, so, oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, you make crazy tweets from work. She, you know, she makes phone calls from work. It's the same exactly. shit. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, I miss Vegas, by the work way. is work. I miss Las Vegas. Hey, work is work. I miss Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, that's just a taste of what's to come on Storytime with Raul, folks. So Fuck look yeah, out for that yeah. soon on your podcast network. They're gonna be taking that to. We're gonna be taking that to XM Radio. All right. Well, we can definitely keep going forever, but we should probably <laughs> wrap it up. Um, you know, shout out to everybody that came on. Thanks for listening. Uh, Brawl Network, we're coming. Uh, look out on Instagram. Look out on pause. Facebook. Um, yeah, pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> we um, shout out to the Bears Brawl and. I think um, I got a shout out. Hey, it's real yeah. men where XFL, not XFL, bro. Time out. This is right, some serious shit. My bad. Check it out. Shout out G. I know he's going through some shit. Right, G. Celio. Awesome fucking family members. Dude's right. solid. It's real out there. Much love to that dude and to that family. We're all kind of going through some shit, and I really feel for that dude and for him to be back and active and trying to resume a normal life. You got my love, bro. Oh, definitely, man. But I do need to know, Raul, did you did you help him write write that book about how to talk to women and shit? Absolutely not. All right. We love you, G, but we're going to bury your ass. Y'all got to stand. G been married for like 30 years already. He just front. He don't know nothing about sitting. Don't don't, don't listen to him. If you don't want women, then you listen to him. If you want something, don't listen to him. Don't tell him I told you well, yeah, what did Ross say? Uh, yeah, two things I don't chase <laughs> women and liquor. <laughs> yo, yo, y'all. Goddamn right. Two things I never chase my women and my liquor. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, with that, that's, that's pretty much a good place that's to stop. Um, go ahead. No, I just, uh, real quick, my wife is, uh, she's out in New York City right now. She's a nurse, and she's out there working in New York City. God damn right. You can't let your wife listen to this show, though. No, she's not going (laughs) to listen, but I still want to give her a shout-out. Like, I'm so proud for for volunteering to go out there and work out there. She's going to be out there for, like, the next uh, seven weeks. So, uh, just want to give a shout-out to her. I love her. You know, she's... She's my she's wife. Raking. If she's working in New York oh, yeah. as a nurse, she's raking. That's still, oh yeah, she is. But it's still, it's still a hospital, man. That yeah, yeah. So what hospital she at? Uh, I think she's out in a hospital out by Queens. Which Dang. one? I don't. I don't know which one for for sure. She just told okay. me Queens. So. So, 
So Queens is the epicenter of the COVID. Queens mm-hmm. has the largest amount. So like, right. shout out to all of them. I work in healthcare, so I understand uh-huh. what I understand what it is. My sister is an MD, and she's actually trying to fly out to New York to assist. So I understand like a hundred percent. I know people that are fighting it. I know people mm-hmm. that have passed from it. I know people that are in ICU for it. It's not a joke. Like I no. know we not. You know, if you're not really in them city in the major cities, you're not you're not as affected. But being in health, I just left New Jersey a month ago. That was that was, that was my last stop. So I see exactly what's going on. I, I, New Jersey, New York, I was you know was right there, you know, in that in those areas. So shout out to everybody that's doing something, you know, and working, you know, on the front lines because it's not easy. You know, you like you really they really putting their lives on the line so right. they can stay safe. You know, For sure, and I know it's, it's cliche a lot of times, but shout out to your wife. Shout out to everybody that's actually doing it. It's not yeah. easy. Yep. I'm gonna tell you a little story, man. Well, we got five uh-huh. seconds. Yep. We're trying. We're trying to keep it out. I work in nursing. I'm, I'm a nursing assistant. And, ass, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and the hardest part right now is keeping it out. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is there's a lot of people that think that we should just open up and we should. Yeah. We're not ready, dude. No, we're not know. ready. We're not ready as a country. We're not ready as a people. And it scares the fuck out of me. How many yep, people no, are just willing to throw so many willing lives mm-hmm. and not give a fuck because it doesn't, there's no shock and awe. There's no fucking mm-hmm. body count right in front of them like there was in yeah. certain other situations. Right. And especially and, being, like, out here in Kansas where I'm at, like, it's definitely not as bad as, like, the major metropolitans, like, you know, New York, New Jersey and stuff. But, like, you know, just, like, talking to my wife because she calls me, you know, every day and tells me, you know, what all's going on and just kind of, like, what she's been doing. And it's just, like, like she got she got thrown straight into the ICU when she got there. Like, she had, like, one day of orientation, and they were, like, Hey, we need you in the ICU. You're going straight there. So, I mean, she's definitely with like. A ma- let me tell you, with a mask that's meant to me be for one person at one time, and she's probably got to wear that fucking N95 for eight yeah. hours, right? Yeah, she yep. she has to wear all yeah. her PPE for that's, eight hours, and if yeah. she walks out, she has that's to completely not sterilize. That's not the intention. Mm-hmm. So, tell yeah. me again. I mean, if y'all want to go fucking do whatever you do, cool. Go lick some doorknobs. Let Darwin do what he does. Exactly. No, I get you, man. It's, but yeah, no, I just wanted to give her a shout out, and you know, you too, Jeremy. Like, shout out to you, bro, for doing what you're doing. Uh, I appreciate all you guys letting me come on tonight. Just kind of bullshit about the Bears. Uh, My podcast. I mean, we mostly what we were talking about the XFL. So, and now that that's folded, we. We're just talking about, you know, the biggest news for right now. So, uh, but definitely check us out. Not to really shift away from what we're talking about, but yeah, check us out. Real men, we're XFL. Uh, we're gonna. Kakao. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're gonna keep going though. We'll uh, we have we have new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. So check us out. But no, definitely thank you guys for having us on. Raul, it was cool to actually like see your face instead of just like that picture everyone posts of you being confused or looking disgusted, really. <laughs> You're welcome. That, that's my fault. <laughs> that's my fault.
my man, my man Aaron is sure that I never get pussy on Twitter ever. And I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> he, he, he made it clear, like, like yo, you're like the ugliest human being alive. No home ever gonna look at you or DM you, and that's hell true. But I want that though. I, 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 hey, I, I thought the Tiger King one I did looked all right though. Yeah, no, no. I gotta check it out. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you beat that pussy up. That's what we're saying, right? <laughs> you be all right. Just get, you, just get G Stelio's book. You just turn exactly. it a couple pages. <laughs> no, I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate y'all, man. It's good. It's good. Y'all do it. Y'all you goddamn right, bro. I appreciate you. You always got a place here. Yeah, man. Know, I appreciate man. you coming on, bro. It was great talking to you. All right, man. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate y'all. Stay safe and uh, do the right thing. Hopefully, nail this draft, man. I'm excited for it. Come on, this is another episode, right? Another episode of the Get Tailgate Show. The Bears. What the fuck is going on with y'all? Woo! Let's get it done.